0: In light of COVID-19, Sport Calgary has compiled together a directory of webinars and digital events to help you stay connected in the Calgary sport community. Learn more at sportcalgary.ca. Hey, 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 kids, how are you? It's your old pal Rob Kerr. Welcome to the original Six Feet Conversation podcast. Glad you're with us. Um, Hope you're enjoying our journey so far. Uh, If you are... um, in need of a distraction, we hope that this is that. Uh, but if you're interested in in the history of sport or some sports stories, modern sports stories, I suppose, and the people that are involved, uh, glad you uh, glad you logged on, glad you you subscribe, glad glad you're here. Uh, share it with your friends. It's 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 been a lot of fun, and we uh, we look uh, in the future. We got just some great guests coming up. It's funny you start something, and you go. Ah, you know, well, we can do it this long and then we'll run out of guests. We are not going to run out of guests. That, uh, that I can guarantee you. Uh, as a matter of fact, so much so that this is a first for us today on this podcast. Two guests, two guests at the same time. Uh, we tried it, it worked out great. Um, in particular, this was one that I wanted to do with the two individuals. Uh, full disclosure friends of mine. Um, yeah really excited about this one. Perry Barazan, Colin Patterson. Yes, they check the box as both former Flames and alumni, but Perry and Colin were the guys behind what was just an incredibly unique, cool Calgary event, the SO three-on-three pond hockey tournament. So we'll talk a little bit of uh, alumni and a little bit about what the guys are up to, but most of this podcast is going to be about that event that ran for 10 years, mostly in the corral. Um, it, it was one of the first things when I moved to Calgary in 2003, uh, that I, I saw and actually in fairness, as you'll learn in this, in this story, um, I actually knew about it before. So I, I before I moved to Calgary, I was in, kind of involved with it. Um, I think it's a it's a great testament to the volunteer spirit of Calgary. It's a great testament to the uh, Flames alumni and, and what they do in this city. So really, really looking forward to that. Now, before we get there, not sure what sports are provided in Calgary? Sport Calgary's Sport Directory will help you find the sport and sport organization that's right for you. Visit sportcalgary.ca to learn more. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I present to you two really good dudes from the Calgary Flames alumni, Perry Barzan, Colin Patterson. Colin, I'll start with you. How are you holding up? How's, what's life like right now for you?
1: Life is good. I mean, it, it is what it is, and you got to accept that. Um, it would be better if the weather was a little nicer to be able to go outside and do some things. But, um, you know, we're keeping busy, and it's amazing how time goes quickly. Um, you don't feel like you're doing a whole lot, but all of a sudden the day's done and, you know, you've watched a few movies or a couple of shows and, you know, you've been on a video call or a conference call and, you know, reached out to a few people and, you know, do a few Sudoku puzzles and uh, it's done. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's not like I'm, you know, it's not like you're getting up late. You're getting up at, you know, 7, 7.30 and, uh, you know, putting a full day in, but the days are different. And, but it's been fun. You know, my wife and I have been able to do a bunch of stuff and we got got two of our kids at home. So that's been good too.
0: What about you, Perry?
2: I'm still working. I'm just working from home now. So, uh, my days are kind of a regular, uh, as an advisor at downtown, it'd be seven 15 to out of there at around three o'clock. And it's not much different here. <laughs> um, except I'm, i'm in the den and uh i can i can get lunch five steps away and i've got a bathroom i'm familiar with too
0: (laughs) so is is anybody going to petition to work from home when this is over because i'm not i want back i want back into the dome i don't want to do this i miss i miss
2: the socialization so bad yeah um it, it i i really i like to uh i like to to throw something off a guy down the hallway or I mean Gordy Shervin right beside me just going hey what do you think of this or got the you know you you can't just pick up the phone and get the same feeling um it it is good to look at people in the eye and get a get a feeling as you're as you're going through work and it's just more fun
0: <laughs> <laughs> Colin are you cool or what I mean you know coming out of this do you want to stay home
1: you know I I do a little bit of business out of my home office anyways oh, okay. so but you do miss getting together for coffees or meetings with people like face to face and I go this is great you know this technology is really good because it does get you a little more motivated to to pay attention and talk to people and see people even but uh, yesterday was my wife's birthday and you know it was great a couple people stopped by so you know we pulled out the lawn chairs and sat on the driveway for a bit. And then Mr. Bears and his lovely wife Marie dropped last <laughs> night. So a had a conversation with them and in social distancing and that was good, but it was interesting because, you know, uh, we got on zoom for uh, the happy birthday part of it uh, for my wife and, you know, got her family and told everybody, Hey, we're going to do this. It was sort of like a surprise zoom party. And it worked out really well. And I go in the end, it is what it is, but, um, you know, sure, you'd rather be in front of people and with people, but um, when you can't, this is the next best thing.
0: It's crazy how we adapt, right? And and one of those adaptations that I want to talk to you guys about is how cool or weird is it now to turn on Sportsnet or TSN and and see the games from your careers? What's that been like?
1: Patter. Well, <laughs> for me, it's a little – it's strange. I mean – first of all, that people would want to watch it. And two, I, I get people like texting me, and I, I know when the games are on because somebody's texting me. Hey, just saw you on, you know, did you know you scored? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I did. Well, I've shown it so many times, people think I'm a goal scorer, for heaven's so many- <laughs> I sake. But it's it's interesting what people will say to you and how they react to it. and And, you know, the game is different. Like, it's a totally different game. You know, you watch every play and there could be a penalty from from the days when we played to compared to now. But it is very interesting. People are just, you know, they're starving for, you know, sports, not only hockey, but obviously hockey at this time of year in Canada when, you, you know, it would be playoff time now. Uh, that's that's a real setback for everybody. And they, they just want to see hockey. Um, my son was watching a game. It was Toronto versus the Flames. but And I'm going, why was this game on? But it was, uh, you know, Matt Sundin scored his 500th goal. so that, you know, But that's
0: the Toronto version of it. I prefer the yeah. Calgary version of that, which was Mark Giordano scored his first two NHL goals. That's how I chose <laughs> to look at that game. <laughs>
1: it's things like that that you go, you know, why are these games even on? And you get the Stanley Cup final games, yeah, I, I get that. But, you know, they've got to show a variety of them, so you've got to have reasons to watch them.
0: And, of course, Perry, it's always the highlights. And... uh it's been interesting because as long as I've been here, you've always been kind enough. We talk and, and Colin will even chip in on 86 and game seven in Edmonton. And that one showed up and, and I saw you were doing radio and everything again. It's, it's kind of like you're reliving the moment.
2: It, it is, but that's so long ago. I was 22. <laughs> it was so long ago that I, I have to, you know, I had to, and I only actually saw part of it. Um, and and as I'm watching, I'm going. I don't remember that. I don't remember. Oh, wow! Like it, it. It's just too long ago. So the memory, when you and I are down at the dome together, and we, you know, we we do our shtick with a microphone, and you ask about that goal, is the story I tell. Uh, I realize how wrong I was about details. Like at the time of the of the third period, I didn't re- really. I thought I knew, and then I'd heard. <laughs> so you go with it. But the the definitely the the feeling of stress after, you know, we got that goal and then to watch how stressful those shifts were after that. But it was, we were very, everyone was very workman-like. That kind of came back, but um, it was, it just makes you feel old. (laughs) It really really
0: does. You know, it it was a long time ago. And not that I would equate it to what you guys did, but it was weird for me to kind of watch that game seven from 2004, because I worked that game, and I thought I remembered that game, but I did not remember that game, and uh, it looks old. Like, to me, it just happened yesterday, but it looks old. And, you know, the one thing I wanted, I've been waiting on this one, Colin, because I knew we were going to have this conversation, but watching that game six in Montreal, I forgot how good that Canadiens team was. Like, like, I mean, you guys were great, but that there was a lot of really good players on that other side.
1: Yeah, we were very, you know, I mean, even uh, as a, as two teams going in, you know, we we won the President's Trophy in the last game of the season, you know, over Montreal. So we were two very evenly, you know, stacked teams, I, I would say, uh, that played against each other, and and they had we had very similar styles too. You know, you could play any style that you wanted against each other, and the other team could match it. It was good. I mean, I, I watch, I watched a bit of that game, and I almost reached in the TV to grab Denny Morrell because he was so horrible on the calls. But
2: <laughs> was he ever? He was terrible. It, oh, he was the worst. And, and didn't Riser have the worst? He he hated
1: Denny, didn't he? Oh, he did. But you know, Gregson was Riser's brother. Gregson,
2: Gregson,
1: right? And, and I remember Reiser telling me, go over and talk to Gregson. I go, I stayed over <laughs> and Gregson's like, I don't want to hear it. I said, just pretend like you're talking to me so I can go back to the bench. At least. <laughs> Reiser's not yelling at me.
0: Uh, no, I, the, the thing that jumped out at me was your fourth line, your third line. Like it was just, you know, watching Gilmore, who would then, what, four years later, he'd be the show in Toronto. And Theo, there's Theo and all of these guys that were just, it was, it's a stacked team.
1: Yeah, we had a we had a really good team. Probably should have won, you know, two or three uh, at least. But you know, I mean, as things go, you're you're happy you won one. Uh, but yeah, watching those games, it's pretty funny because I'm watching. You know, I, I obviously I'm very critical of myself. I'm watching. I go, why'd you do that? You know, why weren't <laughs> you? I should have shot here? Should have done this? You know, I go. You know, and then I go to myself. Just relax. You won. You know, you won. You know?
0: Did you, you, Brent, brought up some really early pattern. I just want to kind of go back to it. Would you like to see other games that aren't necessarily historical games from that era? Was there, is there like a regular season game or would we just like to, because one of the things, and I get it, I understand why you're showing all the wins. I get that part. But now that it's kind of wet my appetite, I'd like to see you guys in the middle of the year. Actually, I'd like to see that 86 team in the middle of that 10 game skid, Perry. That's what good I'd point. like to watch on That's TV, right? Point.
2: Yeah. And those games in that 10 game skid from when I, cause I don't remember playing those games, but I were, I looked at the scores and I can remember how positive cliff was during that stretch. And the coaches badger was so positive yeah. during that stretch. And then I looked at the scores. I went, no wonder they were positive. When we were losing games by one goal. It's not like we were getting blown out and looking terrible. We just found ways just to lose, but you're right. I would be so much fun to see just a game in the middle of that that you just see kind of the regular stuff uh, i don't know how much fun it would be for anyone else um i think my parents have a stack of vcr tapes that i could probably throw in an old vcr and maybe try and watch some of these myself but i'm not sure the quality is going to be good enough that i'll hang in there for more than 10 minutes
0: i the other part of that too is you guys played moscow dynamo in the middle of that did you not yeah, Like that's the, right. The old, uh, the kind of friendly in the middle of a, in a regular season. How bizarre.
2: We got yeah. the watches. Remember, Patter? Yeah. Every time we played the Russians, the NHL would give us a watch.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> see, it, that's what I remember. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, and, and Patter, I, I won't lie. There are times where, was it Washington or New Jersey? Because you tell that great story about Doug Dadswell cramping up. That's oh, the hey. game I want to see. That's-
1: that that's uh, shaky to or shaky to yeah, more sorry not, not, uh, yeah. I, would, I would love to see that one too that, yeah. that would be a, a classic one <laughs> you know, it started in washington and then the next game in new jersey okay or in, uh, against new jersey at home i would love to see those two
2: and that would be, you know it would be cool you'd see those but you have them up when we're doing a hot stove somewhere
1: oh yeah and then you
2: play it and yeah. then and then you stop it for a bit because you know, I've been, because of my love of golf, I've been watching some of these old uh, tournaments mm-hmm. and just enthralled with the tournaments. And then on one, they had Bubba Watson jumping in, talking about the inside. You know, I was thinking this, I was doing this, and I was totally enthralled. It would be cool to do that in one of those games, have Doug Gilmore in one of those games, stop him, and then, okay, what were you thinking here? What was going on? Um, I, I I think that would be awesome television.
0: So to that end, do you mind... Uh, Colin, just tell them a little bit about what we're talking about, that Shaky Demore story, just a little bit of it, because it would be cool to see the expression on your face as this game is going on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, there's a lot of theatrics that go into this story, but uh, Shaky Damore, we were playing in Washington and he was having a bit of a cramping problem. And this is before they had water balls on the net, and Shaky Demore was the reason they got the water balls on the net. But he was having cramping problems, and so we're playing in Washington, and and Washington wasn't great back in the day, and and so we're playing, and you know we're in their end, and all of a sudden the puck starts going down to our end, and Shaky Demore is, and his name's Mark demore but is Shaky. <laughs> so, and he's got his hands, and they're clamped on the uh, crossbar. And he, his back is towards the play, and his face <laughs> is towards the boards, and he's trying to get up. And he finally gets up, and he turns around, and the puck, it's like watching a tight game, you know, where that kid shoots a puck. <laughs> oh, my God, the puck stops, stop it, stop it. And it was just like that was shaky. And so it hits him, and he falls down, but he can't really cover the puck up. He's just sort of like this. <laughs> and so play stops and, you know, he gets back up and we go down the other end, the play stops again. And then all of a sudden the referee comes over and he goes, okay, coach, you know, you've got a timeout. And Badger was like, what do you mean a timeout? I never called a timeout. You know, got a timeout. And he goes, who called the timeout? And we look down the bench and there's shaky in between the, the door and the boards. Right. And he's sitting down. And he goes, I did coach. I called it at the same time, like a second later, the vendor with the pop leans over and goes, who ordered a Sprite? Shaky goes, I did. He <laughs> has got this Sprite, and he got the straw in his mouth, and we're on a 30-second timeout. And here's our goalie. He's, he's got <laughs> the straw, and Bearcat's there, and Bearcat's trying to get some water and everything in him. And, you know, so he goes back out, and, like, 20 seconds later, he's all cramped up again, but he gets back up. And the same thing, you know, they shoot the puck down, and it's like... Everybody on the bench like, oh no 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 no! Oh, oh man, he stopped it. You know, other <laughs> end, somebody's trying to ice the puck, and so finally they pull shaky, and you know that was sort of you know in Washington, and we came back the next day to, to play a, a game the next uh, the day after against New Jersey, and and you know I remember this vividly. Uh, they had done a special on me they were down at the end of the end of the pile and you know hey we got to do one on Patterson so let's get some pictures from his mom and you know so they got these pictures from my mom and one of them is me when I first started playing net I played uh, you know I played hockey I played net and so they did the special on me and uh, that morning I came off after our morning skate and Reggie Lemmon was sick he was our other goalie was Reggie and Shaky Demar, and Shaky was still having these cramping problems. And Badger came over to me and he, hey Patterson, I said, well yeah, you know he does. He goes, you know, he's always nice to me, but he was really specially nice. He goes, how are your parents doing? And I was, like, he's never asked about them before. I go, they're doing pretty good. You know, they're, not, they're very good. And he goes, Yeah, you know, Martha saw a special on you the other night, you know. <laughs> that was Badger's wife. And he goes, Yeah, she said, You you played in that? I said, Yeah. And he goes, I said, he goes, Do you think he's still playing that? Well, oh, yeah, she still playing that, of course. You know, I used to throw the pads on and you know, in university every once in a while and do that. And and then I then it really dawned on me what he was asking. And I said, You mean like tonight? <laughs> yeah he goes, you know, Reggie's sick and Shaky damar has got the problems. <laughs> it comes down to it, you know. You're you're gonna go in. I was like, oh my god, I, just, I couldn't even breathe. I got changed, you know, went home, and I got home as white as a ghost. My wife goes, what's wrong? I said, I might have to play net tonight. You know, I just sitting <laughs> on the ice, I'm in the net. And so, as it turns out, they had signed. They tried to sign a kid. Uh, but they could, the facts wouldn't go through. <laughs> so, you know, if we if did have to go and play Nat, um, then he would be, uh, you know, we our game would be disqualified and we would forfeit the game. And so Shaky is in the cage. He's playing Nat. He's in there and he's cramping up like every... 4 minutes and guys are running water bottles out to him and you know I'm I'm dressed as a player but in case he goes down I I'm probably going to have to go in cuz they're they're unsure if this other kid can play because of all this uh, legalities to it. So we're up 3 nothing and every I'm like if I'm out there I'm blocking every shot. If a guy's trying to dump it in I'm blocking it. I'm everybody's doing whatever they can. So we're up 3 nothing and then all of a sudden you know, New Jersey starts to figure out what the problem is. So they're sending pucks in from everywhere. And sure enough, you know, they they tie it up. And somebody looked down the bench and said, hey, Pat, are you ready? Uh, <laughs> but, you know, but now I look back and go, I wish I would have gone in. Like, one is would have been, the, you know, the thrill of that. But uh, you could also become the highest scoring goaltender in, in- <laughs> <laughs> but you have to look at the positives, but yeah, it was really an interesting time and shaky of more if you add the theatrics into it, it's it's quite a funny story. And but he is the reason they have the water bottles on the net now.
0: See, that's the game I want to watch right now. That and I, to I'm Perry, not sure it
2: was even televised. No, yeah. so that was part of it. Yeah. I think we only had half of our games televised, didn't yeah. it? Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, I'm. I i do not know the answer to this question. When did Perry meet Colin?
2: I was 20 years old. I signed with the Flames and met them in Boston. Yeah. And I I, I met the team in Boston and uh, didn't play in Boston. We went to Toronto and I didn't, I didn't play because I, I was, as Badger put it, they saw me and I was sick. I ended up with uh, blood poisoning somehow. And North Dakota signed, and then he goes, "What did you deliver me, bears?" And he's like, "comes from a concentration camp or something." He looks like he looks horrible. <laughs> um, so I, I spent the first I was rooming with Riser. Spent the first two those road games into end of their road trip, uh, and then we came back to Calgary, and I played that game in Calgary and uh, with Mike Eves and I believe Lube. And uh, scored a goal on my first, uh, in my first game, which was, which was great.
0: What, Colin, what do you remember about meeting Perry for the first time?
1: No, uh, just, I mean, anybody that came in, any of the new, new guys that came in, especially, you know, in that day when they'd bring somebody and not play them right away. And I remember Perry being sick, and I remember, you know, just a great guy like he is now. And, you know, it's funny how you hit it off right away. With certain people and Perry and I hit it off right away. And you know, we came from you know, similar things of you know, tier two junior hockey and then uh, university hockey. Perry was drafted, I wasn't, but you, you still you know, you realize that you know, especially with a team like Calgary, that was you know, we were had a lot of college free agents, but also a lot of college players too, which was very interesting at that time. there, there
2: was a little fraternity because of that right away with the NCAA. Um, it was patter right away, and he was a proud collegiate. Um, Joel, yeah. of course. Gino Cavallini. Cooner. Um, Co- Cooner. Uh, uh, it, 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 was Kerry it? Wilson?
1: Kerry Wilson, yeah. Uh, like, Newendite, it, it
2: was, was, wasn't he? Newendite yeah. came later. Like yeah. it, it, we were. It, it was. It was an immediate because uh, the, the junior guys and the college guys. There, I, I mean, I'll. I mean, I can say it. Certainly say it now. I remember the cockiness of the junior guys versus the humbleness of the NCAA guys. I, I don't know, Pat, or am I wrong? <laughs>
1: yeah, no, no. I mean, but all those guys, because like, they were a lot younger too. I mean, they were. That's drafted. right. Although you were younger. You were 20 when you came in. Yeah. But I go, you know, you, you didn't, uh, you went two years at uh, North, Dakota North Dakota yeah. fighting ground squirrels. And, uh, so <laughs> no, uh, but, you know, I mean, all the guys coming out of junior, they were, you know, 18, 19 years old. Yeah, they had to be cockier. Yeah, they were. You had to be, otherwise you weren't going to survive. You're right. I remember my first year, Richard Crom and I roomed together, and they, they were going to put Richard with a family. And if, if I didn't take him in with me, and he'd be my roommate. So that's, uh, you know, that's a little different now.
0: How much did it help, though, that, that Badger was the coach at that time, too?
1: Right. Made a huge difference. I mean, it was. I mean, for us. I mean, if it weren't for Badger, you know, who knows if I would have played or you know. Same with Cliff, right? Cliff, I mean you know, the one. Cliff and uh, you know Jerry Blair and Jack Ferraro, you know, came and scouted me, but Badger, you know, taking me and working with me, and he worked with me after every practice.
2: Yeah, Badger really. It, I it, I'm the same way. If I had Terry Crisp when I first arrived, I'm not sure I ever get out of the minors. Yeah, and 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 again, you're once you're labeled as a minor league guy, you're that's what you are. Um, but Badger, because he played me and instilled tons of confidence in me right away, he he created an NHLer because. I played, started playing regularly, and it's weird how the league works. Well, if you were playing regularly, you're an NHLer. If you're up and down, well, I was up. Brian Bradley, Theo Fleury, uh, Brett Hall uh, were all in the minors. Mm-hmm. Gary Roberts in the minors. Perry Barzan was up. Um, one of those guys doesn't fit with the others. <laughs> but at the, at the time, Badger just, he had a role for me. He gave me confidence. He gave me a... a a steady position and fortunately for me I didn't have to do that minor league uh, uh, up and down thing Um, when I first got started and that the rest of the league for for whatever reason now they saw me as
0: a regular NHLer so a couple things that I I don't know about you guys did did you ever play on the same line were you guys ever line mates we
2: we killed penalties sometimes yeah okay
0: but I'm not
2: sure we played very often. Badger moved people around a lot. Yeah, and it was uh, yeah, it was rare that we
1: played together. But I'll
2: bet you part of that now that you ask is because he and I played a very similar role. So Badger yeah. didn't want two of us together. Probably, um, he, he 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 did spread it around to have a guy. There was kind of a responsible. Uh, uh, forward on every line badger loved to have that guy on, on on every line and a responsible forward is a guy who's supposed to score and doesn't very much and i guess that's what patter and i turned out to be <laughs> well we no I, well. I I watched the well. stanley
0: cup game and i saw patter score so patter <laughs> i know he that's true. a lot more than me because <laughs> badger was one of those guys that would play guys out of position too right like he wasn't married Always. to center or any wings No, yeah. no okay no yeah. I think within the
2: first three games playing with Badger myself, I played center, right, and left. Yeah. And I throughout the entire time with Badger, I didn't know if I was playing right, center, or left. And you think about it, back then, Paul Reinhardt was going from defense to center, from shift to shift. Like, at, at certain games, Badger wanted him up front and center. He was playing center, and then he was playing defense. Tell me when the last time that ever happened. No,
0: no, it's been a decade, like, right? He,
2: he he was not afraid to to move us in any. But, did, Patter, did he ever ask you to play defense? Did he well, ever I ask you if you could
1: skate yeah. backwards? I, I played D a few times, a bunch of times. There you go. Yeah. Because if you got into penalty trouble or guys got hurt, throw it back. I remember Badger was one of the first guys to put two forwards on. Uh, if you were five on three of the three guys, he would put two forwards out. Okay, cool. on the power play. On the PK. Oh, on the PK. I'm right. sorry. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Powerplay, just sat there and watched from the bench. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so were you then, you know, because you would basically be together for the next four or five seasons in Calgary, were you guys thick as thieves then? Were you as tight as you are now? Because yeah. yeah. there was a lot of guys around then, right? Like a, Yeah, you know. We- we we were yeah we
2: were tight early that okay. and again that first full year you bond pretty quick with some of those the guys that were there for a long time which Patter of course being one of them but that 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 first year for me full year for me was '86 so for us to do what we did um, we were t- like it weren't we were as tight after that first year probably as we are now oh, yeah. it was fun it was fun to be around uh, that group group of guys which were still around that group yeah. of guys
0: yeah yeah so you both eventually go separate ways in the NHL pre-cellular phones pre-email did you guys stay connected during the season or were you guys off-season friends how did the where did the friendship go when you were in Minnesota San Jose you went to buffalo
1: yeah, it's funny how it worked back in the day uh, from friends, guys that you played with, like the game, the, the NHL is very small for, you know, the six degrees of separation. There's like half a degree of separation because guys that you played with, played with somebody else who knows somebody else and they just got traded and, and so-and-so says hi. And, you know, <laughs> I remember Perry, we were in Buffalo and uh, Snuggy. Dave Snugger Yeah, snugger. Because Dave Snugger we played in Buffalo with me, but was playing in San Jose with Barry. The nicest guy ever. Great guy. But, you know, it's it's things like that that, you know, all the connections of different people that you played with, and, and, and that's sort of the way you kept in contact. It wasn't so much as phoning guys, but. We didn't really. No, we weren't yeah.
2: going to pay for long distance calls. I call. didn't even know. I probably wouldn't have known a number to get you in Buffalo. We didn't have cell phones. So it was, you know, when. It really wasn't until. At that point summertime when i started to come back in the summers um but you know our wives were have been friends since oh god uh, probably way back into the mid 80s so that's the cool part The, the the wives have been friends for a long time so whenever whenever we came back in any sort of gathering um it's it's like there was no time in between previous to the last gathering it's still that way it feels great like steve bozak's another one of that mix who's still such a good friend of both of ours i i hardly talk to steve during the year i don't see him very often but i definitely see him at least a couple times a year down in montana right and when i see him it's like i i saw him yesterday um it's so comfortable it's so easy so that that i think that's the kind of friendships that i mean i i that uh Patterns was referring to that those friendships are they're special they're special because of the the ones that you struggle with when you haven't seen someone you don't know what to talk about um now that this group of guys um from that the, that team way back when it's like we saw each other an hour previous and we're just kind of carrying on it's awesome was, is that
1: common uh, you know i You'd like to think it is. I mean, the teams I played with it was. I mean, guys in Buffalo were great. But one thing you find out about when you play in the West and you go and you're playing a team on the East is that you spend way more time together as a team from the West. Because back in the day, you didn't have as many close teams. You were traveling a lot. Like, we'd be on the road for, you know, at least six to seven days, probably more, probably like ten And then you come home and then you play every second night. And then we had, you know, charity functions that we were doing. And then you get together as families and then you're on the road again. And, you know, back in the day, we weren't taking, we weren't chartering. We were on commercial flights. So you spent a lot of times in the airports. You spent a lot of time traveling together, right? And when you're in the east, you know, a big trip is coming out west for, you know, five days. And that only happened very rare. But in Buffalo, I mean, you know, you had Toronto, you could, you know, bus too that's what we did uh you know uh, the whole eastern seaboard was so close it was you know 30 minute flight maybe 40 minutes and detroit and it, so you had so many teams that you were you know within an hour you didn't have to go and stay overnight you'd fly in in the morning and sometimes fly out right after the game um, so that that was a, a little bit of a difference I, I the one thing i
0: wonder about and i it's not a matter of saying one is better and one is different because I do get to talk to a lot of players, and I, I, your era, I love a lot. I like the kids that are just retired in that era, but it's like they tell a story where, oh, this one time we played this practical joke, and then I look at you guys and it's like, hold my beer. Uh, how, what, you know, which one do you want to hear about? The fact that you didn't have video games, the fact that you didn't have internet and all of that stuff it seems to me that your era was a little bit more reliant on keeping yourselves entertained the fact that you didn't fly on a charter that you fly, flew commercial i wonder how much that helps in these relationships too I
2: think, I think it helped it's a ton but we you think about the distraction of a cell phone right now i mean after a game you can be on the, these players now they're on their cell phones right away they're talking to whoever they want they, but we had we without that who did you have to talk to after a game? You you couldn't, you couldn't call anybody. You were talking to, I was talking to patter. I was sitting at a seat next to him going, Oh boy, I suck today. (laughs) Right. And, and you, you talked it out with, now I'm hearing from the coaches, Rob, you were around it enough. You saw it. Oh yeah. Those guys are on their phones and they're talking to their agents. They're who they're
0: whoever. Nobody's talking to each other right after because they have the ability to talk to someone. Yeah. Patter, you traveled with the team this year, and it's not wrong or right. It's just an observation, right?
1: Yeah, it's just different. And I, you know what? One thing I noticed with traveling with the team, the kids, they're really great kids. Oh, yeah. they really like, You know, and I, it's just different. Everything's different, right? I remember after I scored my first NHL goal, which happened to be in Calgary, I went down, we went down to Claudio's, which used to be a local place, and I remember I got on the phone, collect call from Colin Patterson, <laughs> you know, and the, that's what it was. <laughs> other than that, you know, you don't, there was nobody else to call after the game. Like it, and that was only a special time. Other than that, you didn't never really, you know, you weren't, you know, going, gee, I got to go make this quick phone call and I'll be back with you. There was yeah. none of that.
0: No, and, and I certainly – I agree with you, Colin. I think there's a lot of good young guys. I think the world of Mark Jordan – I just think it's different, and I think the world yeah, is different, and, and it just created Okay, the one last one, and then I, what we're going to get into, what I really want to talk to you about. Is there a Colin versus Perry story? Did the Sharks ever play Buffalo? Did you guys ever pair off in a brawl or anything like that? Is there any of that that
1: you guys remember? I don't think so. Perry was checking the good players on our team when I was checking. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> we never, we never So the Perry. paths
0: never crossed, eh?
2: No. I don't think, I mean, I, I had a run-in with Cooner um, where he was cross-checking me so hard. And I'm like, and I, you know, turn around like, F you, Cooner. And he just kept giving it to me, and and so I, I kind of punched, and he punched me so because he was so powerful. Like his punches and his cross checks hurt. Yeah, hurt so bad. He loved it. I couldn't. I thought, why is he being so mean to me? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> does he really have to be that way? Um, but he 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 loved every minute. I can't I can't remember too many other uh, run-ins with guys. Uh, guys, just you know, they they it was fun to see guys in warm-up. Um, some coaches certainly didn't like that you'd even acknowledge another player in yeah. warm-up. Other yeah. coaches didn't care. Like Badger could have cared less. Right. Um, other, others like Riser and Crispy and some of those guys that are hard, they didn't want any part of that. So uh, we, we did when we played against each other. You, you definitely lo- look forward to it. I had, I had, I got, I'm veering way off on some stupid story, but Tommy Laidlaw, I remember Steve Bozak and he played together in, in LA. So they were buddies. And then when Bosey and I were playing against LA, um, Bozy said, uh, Lade says he's got he's got a surprise for you at some point. So we got in the corner with Lade Law and he goes, Going for the takedown. And he pulls me down. He goes, Now going for the toe hold. One, two, three, gotcha. See ya. And he skated away. <laughs> He tossed me down, pinned me, held me down. I went back and said, Posey, this is what he just did. He goes, I knew he had something in store for me. It was great.
0: I should point out, because we brought his name up a couple of times, when we refer to to Cooner. it is, of course, Jamie McCowan, the esteemed president of the Calgary Flames alumni. So we should make mention of
1: it
0: um okay, last one and then I swear to god we're going to get to what I wanted to bring you guys on for. Uh anybody, anybody have Vernon's number when they went somewhere else? I know that, not that well you would have played a little bit more in San Jose, but anybody here? Anybody? I did uh, score on Vernie.
2: I did score on Bernie. Yeah. Yeah, I remember scoring on – I got. A, ended up getting a breakaway. made a weak backhand move and, and kind of missed my uh, my uh, my shot, and it went between his arm and his body. He blew it. <laughs> he was so mad. <laughs> he was cursing me. He was heckling me the rest of the game after that. Um, yeah, that was fun.
0: That's awesome. Hey, you want the latest Sport Calgary updates in one place? Sign up for Sport Calgary's newsletter. For the latest monthly updates sent straight to your inbox, sign up at sportcalgary.ca. All right. As far as I'm concerned, the single best, greatest fundraiser event that I've ever seen ever, anywhere it was in this city. And you two are ultimately responsible for it. And that's why I wanted to bring you back on. Because one of the things we want to do is was to tell some stories. And I think the, what became the SO3 three on 3 Pond Hockey Challenge was that. So, guys, let's talk about Pond Hockey. Who came up with the idea? How did this thing ever get off the ground?
1: Patter. Well, it was an error when uh, there was a lockout or a strike, and then you had the whole Graham James incident, and there was a lot of negativity around hockey. And, you know, it was about the salaries. It was about what guys were playing for. And I just had this idea, and I remember talking to one of my brother-in-law's about it, and saying, you know, well, we need to you know, do something on just the fun side. Just, to, you know, because we live down in Lake Sundance. We're in lower Sundance and the autos, and McCowans and Mersey <laughs> are Sundance. But we have a man-made lake there that you can go out and play on. And I said, it'd be great to get, you know, a bunch of former players and even current guys at the time, because they were on, they were locked out or on strike. And, and uh, it'd be great to get a little tournament going and just charge people some money to come in and see it and give the money to charity. And, and so I, I thought about it, and so I phoned Perry up and I said, Perry, I got this idea. And he goes, that's a great idea, Fader. Let's go with it. Let's go for it. But we couldn't get it done that year because the lockout ended or the strike ended, however it was. But we said let's do it for the year after. And you know sometimes you you need to find a cause. It's not just giving it to any charity or And it just happened that uh, in south of uh, sort of um, Canyon Meadows there wasn't a hockey rink, and so the there was a group called uh, South of Fish Creek. Uh, Recreation Association that wanted to build a rink uh, south of uh, Canyon Meadows. And Perry and I sort of latched into it and said, "Hey, you know, we've got this idea if you guys can provide some volunteers and And they said, sure, we'll we'll provide some volunteers. and um, it it sort of you know it grew from that to um, we heard about another organization called Kidsport, right? And Kidsport was just in its first year, and we said, boy, we love this concept because people were complaining about the price of hockey, you know, to play hockey. And kid's sport is not just hockey. It's every sport. And But it puts kids into sports. And both Perry and I recognize the need of, you know, what the value is of playing team sports. You know, it's not about winning and losing. It's about learning how to win, learning how to lose. It's about, you know, playing with teammates. It's about, you know, your work ethic. It's all those things that go into it that make, you know, a big difference in, in kids' lives. And both Perry and I were very fortunate. You know, we never really understood there or saw the need for, you know, this type of organization. But once you hear about it, you go, boy, it's a great organization. Perry, you know, maybe you'd take her over from here.
2: Well, the, the kids' sport and South Southfish Creek both, uh, that was the fire. That was definitely the fire because we saw we could do something. And then the vision that patter that day that he called about, this is what my vision was, I couldn't get it out of my head, that we're going to try and do this little tournament of some sort outdoors. Like, but, of course, in your brain, you picture the perfect day of winter. Yeah. You don't picture minus 40. and so anyway we 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 couldn't get for whatever reason couldn't get Sundance on board they just couldn't figure out the logistics they couldn't wrap their head around how many you're gonna have thousands of people here no they say ain't gonna work but Lake Chaparral was just starting to build houses around it so that group got on board and they were like whatever you need we'll do it and you know, Pat, Patter's Patter had the vision. Let's build these uh, benches along the hillside. We'll just put somehow with the snow and everything else. We'll build so we'll have seating for people. We'll, we'll build. I think we did three rinks. Did we do three? We did. They groomed them. They were putting logos. Like again, we had to we logistically we had to figure out how is this going to look. At the same time, okay, what is the format? So we came up with the eight teams with seven guys, six players and a goalie on each team. And then you could make kind of a round Robin little tournament and have the, you know, at the end of the day, two teams play all in one day. You start in the morning and you end up with a champion at night. And Patter's thing was early on. Let's do three on three. Let's do three on three, three on three is kind of it's perfect. That's where we had to up with the six players. Yep. So three are out there, three are resting um it seems pretty easy (laughs) and unfortunately uh we looked at the forecast and it was going to be minus 40 and lake chaparral looked absolutely beautiful it was the the logos in the ice the stands built in on the side of the hill we had the logistics of it so these guys were flying in and we took them to Lake Chaparral when they uh, the the day before the event because we had a little reception there at the clubhouse, and those the guys from down in the U.S. I remember Eddie Hospitar coming, wow. some of the guys from Chicago, and they came, and they just wanted to put their skates on even in minus forty and go for a twirl because they thought this was the coolest thing, and I, we did too. we were like we I remember Pat we even had a group out of Fort McMurray that yeah. were gonna bring us this massive heater that they use up in the oil patch to melt stuff. And they were going to put it on the, uh, on, on the lake and to keep us warm. We were trying every, <laughs> to try everything to do it outdoors. And of course we realized we had to pull the pin and the corral came on board mm-hmm. um, to, and the games after that were all played indoors because of course you can't count on the weather. So uh, then, then the, I think it was the night before we started patter says perry what are the rules I'm Like, oh we did all these logistical things give me a minute and i came back and i said no rules let's have no referees let's have no rules that basically once the puck is dropped and we drop it ourselves there are no offsides there's no icings goalie's got to move the puck as soon as you score you scoop it out and you just head down the other way like we did when we were kids, exactly yep. the same way. Yep. And uh, the the only way we could truly have a referee was Jock Wilson did the play-by-play with a microphone at the, at the uh, penalty bench. Right. He was doing play-by-play live. And we said, Jock, if there's something that needs to be called, you do it. If the puck goes over the bench or over the glass, yep. you have pucks here, you just toss one out. And they just have to keep going. Well okay, all made sense. And actually that the rules worked out really good, but we had no idea how hard it would be to play. I think we started with two
1: 12 minute periods. We're going to, we're going to go two 16 minute periods. Two 16s. And, and we played the first game. Remember the poor guys who played, it was just <laughs> exhausting. Like you couldn't even imagine. So we ended up going 2 eight minute halves from, from what we thought was going to be 32 minute games to 16 minute games. Yeah. And the guys were uh, exhausted because you're going
2: nonstop. There's nowhere to hide on the ice, and we one thing we underestimated: the players wanted to win yeah. so bad. Tiger Williams, we could oh. talk about we could have an hour on Tiger. He he was the by far the most motivated to to win and to score and to do. It was it was it was awesome. It was awesome because the we What we ended up doing to sell tickets was I mean, patter had the idea that we get all the minor hockey kids to sell tickets. and they that ultimately that money, um some of it uh, or all that money, okay. How,
1: the original idea you had was for half of the, you know, they keep half the proceeds right away. Yeah, we would like sponsorship money. And then through that sponsorship money, the other half of the money, um you would give to southfish creek and then some to kids Park. right yeah. and as the event advanced uh, you know we got greater sponsorship you got more walk-up traffic and so the kids who were actually selling tickets were getting the full price of the tickets and maybe even a little more back because oh. we we had enough money for that yeah uh and then you know South Fish creek once it was built it sort of fell off and then we ended up becoming the largest donator to KidSport for about probably what three or four years. Oh yeah, and I remember the last year we we gave them ninety thousand dollars, and it was uh, it was a real joy to to present that check. But when we decided to sort of wrap it up, which you know it always comes to every event, um, they were the ones that were hit the hardest. But that's when Jerome jumped in, Jerome McGinley, and he was giving a thousand dollars. Per goal, he scored, and he became probably the largest, you know, contributor yep. to kid kid's sport after that. So it was sort of a nice segue for us, too.
2: So And then we had uh, somebody named Rob Kerr and John Short
1: oh, yeah. arrived we'll, at
2: Pon we'll Hockey. Ready, right, Rob?
0: We can get to that story. That's a 2001 yeah. <laughs> story. But yeah. before we get there, so a couple pieces I want you to fill in the blanks on. One, tell me about the sponsorship. Was it easy to sell early on? I mean, you eventually got Esso on board uh, what was it like to get sponsors?
1: It, it was tough to get sponsors because it was something new, something that nobody, you know, nobody had done, nobody had heard of. So you're trying to get sponsorship for something that's totally new. The media was unbelievable for us. I mean, you know, the media in this town yeah. and the relationship we had with the Flames and and the, you know, I'm now the alumni. They were just spectacular and in helping us promote it. But going from, you know, uh, I don't know how many calls we made and, you
2: know. A lot of work.
1: Yeah. And I mean, faxing people. I remember (laughs) I I was faxing people. I had this little fax machine. I'd be up to like two or three in the morning faxing people. And then you hear from some people. Yeah, they've they've got my wrong number. They've got my house number. And every morning. (laughs) the
2: morning. (laughs) The The phone's ringing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Mobile. Mobile ended up sponsoring the first time then Esso took over Mobile and uh, and Imperial Oil and Esso became the primary sponsor, which was a great fit for them because they had Esso Minor Hockey Week yeah. and Esso 3-3 and 3 Pond Hockey. So it was a really, it was a great month for them. January was a fantastic month for for Esso and their support of hockey.
2: And and you know, Rob, we were at the first year, the first year for us, I think half the building was full at the Corral, which we were ecstatic. Mm -hmm. And that seemed to be, it almost seemed, for us it seemed like it was a full building. And then the next year, more, to where we feel like it was three quarters full. But when those games would get going, I mean, and I loved it when I got a chance to just go up there and watch. It was awesome because I was watching Daryl Sittler with Lanny. I mean, you think about we we some of the things that we did, we you know, we put those two guys together in leaf uniforms and Tiger on the same on the same team. I, I, you know, where's the video for that? Uh, we, we, you know, Kenny Linsman out there spearing people and being just the rat that he always was when he was playing. Um, we, we who's, the, who's the older guy that we brought in? Johnny um,
0: McKenzie.
1: Johnny McKenzie. Pie? Wasn't it Pie? Yeah. I mean, it was great. And I mean, I think one of the things about our era too, you, you love the game of hockey. You knew the history of the game, so to get some of these older guys in, yeah. it was unbelievable. Oris Kinderchuck.
0: That's right.
1: right? Yes, hey, right. Yeah, It was just—it was so neat to, that these guys would come and play. And but it was—you wanted to play because you could play competitively and have fun, right? Yeah. And that was the neat thing about it. And the goalies—I mean, I felt bad for the goalies—the the talking goalie—we'll get into in a bit, but yeah. you know, they, they faced a barrage of shots. And, <laughs> Oh, there was yeah, no, it, no
2: rest
0: for them. Well, it was something. So, I, I want to come to. The, I want to talk a little bit about putting the teams together. But one really important group, because you had some diehards. Tell me about the volunteers. How many volunteers did you start with, and how many did you end up with?
1: Well, we started off with about 80 volunteers, and we ended up uh, for the day of. And because we used to have a a, a banquet too, and the first year we did the banquet after we played. Which we learned that's a mistake. Oh my god, I forgot. <laughs> oh, it was just like, you know, we were so you're so tired too. And then you're, you know, been maybe having a couple of pops during the day. But uh, we realized that we had to have that the night before because the first year we did it we had just a little social gathering down at the lake at Chaparral just to show people what, you know, could have been, as Perry talked about. And so that was really, you know, for just some of the select sponsors and the guys. But uh, later on, we ended up having the uh, dinner the night before, a big banquet and and that was a huge part of it. And throughout the event, by the end of it, we'd have about three hundred people involved in that weekend uh, of of wow. sponsors volunteers. and they were they were fantastic. and our you know, we had lots of kids volunteering, you know, right from selling ice creams to doing whatever and, you know, the the dress room attendants, people to drive people around and, you know, people selling tickets, manning the ticket office, all those things needed to be done. And we just had a fantastic group of people and it was really good. And they're just fun, fun people that, you know, could, you know a lot of them were on there for 10 years. Yeah. I mean, very interesting.
0: Yeah. That's cool. Um, all right. The players, where did they come from? How did you get them? Did you pay them? How did you determine the teams? All of that. What? Well, how did that evolve into what it became?
2: It wasn't evolving now nonstop, uh, is again, just like we made the rules up on, at the, at the last minute, we, we, it was he and I, that patter and I, that were, um, Constantly going. Well, what should we do here? How should we do it? And early on, because because of the roles we played on teams that you know we weren't the stars, uh, we were the other guys. We thought as long as you played in the league. Um, We're going to bring you in, and we're going to pay you, and whoever, even the 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 guys who are the superstars, the same. I think we paid them five hundred bucks.
1: Five hundred dollars, yeah.
2: Five hundred dollars, and they we so we flew them in, and then they had to come to the banquet, and they had to play how many games? We play we you play a minimum of three games.
1: Two games? Two games, yeah.
2: Two games, and then it was playoffs. And yeah. you could play. Would if you went to the finals? It was five. Yeah. Yeah. Five games. In as <laughs> a lot for people. So and then uh, and then of course the, that was the end of it. But each guy came and they knew that because we told them up front. To um, it was Ron Dugay that was asking for. He was like, oh, no, I, I, I need. I can't remember what number he gave. I'm like, no, everyone gets five hundred. No, everyone gets five hundred. Oh, I need to fly in first class. No, we don't we don't do that. We don't do that. He came anyway. How many years did he come?
1: He came for quite a few and Three, he loved it.
2: Yeah. He loved it. He playing. was great. Yeah. He was great. But we he realized which a lot of those guys realize. I mean just we were just a new event starting. This is our budget. This is what we pay. But then people they they were trying to they were uh, t- you know using strategy and they were talking Oh, they, they would talk before the event and come in and go we have a strategy we think this is what we're going to do with this, this is where, guys wanted to win it was unbelievable how much they wanted to win and it get it got chippy it got intense it got rough at times jock poor jock wilson was having to play cop two at the same time with the microphone um but at the end of it, you know, there was the champion. They carried that trophy around that we, that we had just like it was the
1: Stanley Cup. It was awesome. It was also, you know, I, I want to mention, too, that our in-town guys didn't take any money. Uh, yeah. They just put it right back into the charity. Really? Yeah, which is really oh, neat wow. when you think the number of in-town guys yeah. we had. our flames alumni not guys that just played for the flames but guys who are part of our alumni that never played for the flames and they were they were so generous uh, at their time and effort and you know even supplying silent auction items and stuff they were unreal great
2: and 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 that 500 dollars, we came up with that because we figured well they got to take a day off of work so we're asking them to take a friday or some of them even a thursday off of work and um we, we gotta make sure we replace that. Yeah, uh, and that, that's, it was, it was just real, it was done for the right reasons. The guys came doing it from the, 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 just the goodness of trying to give and the ability to come back and feel that excitement on the ice again. Um, the other part that I, you know, for those who have never been, been there, there are, Patter came up with the idea of us just having sweats. So we had sweatpants with shin pads on. Mm -hmm. Guys wore elbow pads, no helmets early on. Nobody wore helmets, (laughs) gloves, and stick, and that was it. And then we started to get helmets because we realized (laughs) we were probably asking for trouble as we saw how hard they were playing. But um, everyone had their SO3-on-3 gray sweatpants on. And the jersey of the team you're playing with, it was so cool. So the people that were coming in were, you know, in their 50s, 60s, 70s. And they felt like, and then all the kids um, they felt like they were going back in time. It was really
1: cool. And we had autograph sessions going. You had, there's lots of activities for people yep. to get involved with. So that was the beauty of it. It was really, uh, you know, like a grassroots type of event.
0: Well, that that's why I think I loved it so much because it it just had that feel to it. How did you determine the teams every year, and how did you make those teams work? You know what I mean. How did you make sure you had enough guys for all those teams? Yeah,
2: well, um, for we we Pat and I would talk about it um, beforehand. What we try and think of a theme too. Mm-hmm. If there was early on, there was no theme. There were only the you know it was who are the strongest alumni that we can get rosters of guys right because we needed their support we needed um leadership from each alumni to make sure they show up so i would call the captain or the, or the captain the president of the alumni association say we want you guys to put in a team this year why don't you come back to me with some names so they they would end up calling back or you know the, the or even sending in this is the roster i want to get you okay with that um, so you kind of left it, a lot of it, I left it in their hands. And then I would call Pat and go, Hey, this is what Philadelphia wants to bring. Oh, that's awesome. That's a, That'd be perfect. You're like, even someone like Oris Kinderchuk, Oris Kinderchuk. Are you kidding me? He's coming. That is so cool. <laughs> like he, Patter and I were as excited as anyone that we're getting these names. Did Mel Bridgman come? I think he came. Yeah, right I remember like, Mel being be Mel there. Bridgman came, Brad yeah. Marsh came like uh, they, they it, for us. A lot of the the players that came over the 10 years, we were as excited as anybody. Yeah. Um, and we allowed them to pick their team. Uh, we, and we also had, didn't we have Patter age? We needed to have a couple guys. After a while, we said, you know, don't stack your team with young guys. Because we do have old guys that come. Yeah. You know, bring at least two guys
1: over 50. Is that what we asked
2: for? No, I can't we, even
1: remember. Yeah, we did. And we tried to, but yeah, I mean, some guys would honor it, some wouldn't, but we always kept, uh, you know, myself and Perry in reserve because we realized, Hey, there's going to be people that don't come, you know, can't make it for the last minute. Get thing. injured right away. But we tried <laughs> to use as many, we tried to use a lot of local guys too. Yeah. Because we wanted them to be part of it. And it was great. Like it was, it was so much fun. Steve Vickers. Steve, Steve Vickers. <laughs> I mean, it was just, we had some really neat guys come. It was a lot of fun. Al Court. How many know, times
2: it. did Eddie Mio pull the shoot? He tried so hard, and then oh.
1: he would pull his hamstring. Oh man! And you've been <laughs> playing, you can blame him. Poor guy playing net. You know, you're 45, 50 years old. The last thing you want to do is get 60 shots on you. That game. I,
0: I just and you touched sure. on it a little bit earlier, Perry. But one, and it's always stuck with me. You guys both would always say that we wanted to Yeah, it was great. You know, to have the Ron Duguays and the C-chords of the world and Lanny McDonald's. But if you played a game, you're part of that fraternity. We want you to be part of it, too. And I always appreciated that. And I, it really hit home for me when you invited Blaine Locker. And, and Blaine yeah, just thought it yeah. was the greatest thing in the whole world. I think he was back in, in Medicine Hat or Southern Alberta. Was he was just in working he at a was shop. Working, I and, think he
2: was working in the car shop or yeah. car uh, parts factory.
0: And he just thought yeah. it was the greatest thing in the whole world. Like, I had a whole new appreciation, new appreciation for what you are for- doing. Those were good interviews, good interviews for
2: you, for getting, getting some of those some guys. guys.
1: Oh, yeah, Rick, for sure. Rick McLeish. Right. For sure, yeah. Wow. People, I, mean, it was,
0: yeah, we had,
1: I mean, it was really neat.
0: Was it also, Perry, did you not do almost one of the first ever San Jose Shark alumni? Because you put we the did. Sharks team in. That might have been the first time a, a Sharks alumni component <laughs> had been. Anyway.
2: Yeah, the Sharks alumni event. I think we, I'm trying to remember here, I think we had Perry Anderson come in. Um, Steve Bozak, Pre- Wayne Presley, I well, believe Wayne played for the Sharks. Did Kissio um, play? Kiss played Kiss for play? us. That's right. Uh, it, and I don't even I don't remember who I had as a goalie for us. But you always found as long as the guy played one game, he could put that jersey on, and uh, it 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 was. Yeah, that was actually that was actually pretty cool uh, doing that. The, but the, we had a lot of players to choose from because the sharks in those first two years I played, I think we went through <laughs> 300 players on the roster in and out of the lineup. So, yeah, that part was cool. It was also cool the one year the uh, the Hockey Night in Canada decided that they wanted to, you know, cover it a bit, and 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 uh, Ron McLean and Cherry came the morning of the tournament to come watch, and then. Um, Uh, cherry came just to watch from the side and then they invited patter and i on after the game was over uh to talk about it and that was the first time we you know people were talking about three on three in a bigger way patter had uh the nhl talking uh to us and for a few years the nhl sent representatives to come volunteer um but to observe because they thought there's something to this and they wanted they would want to do something with it. Maybe take it in a bigger scale. Um, each time somebody would come and do that, and they would think, walk away and go, "This is too much work." <laughs> I'm not sure any of them really wanted to put on a tournament. Philadelphia tried; they did one. Ottawa did a couple, I think, for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, and it, but it, it, it's a ton of fun, but it is a lot of there's a lot of logistics. It's hard to sell tickets. I mean, that's that's just. You need a lot of volunteers to do all that, um, but the for those who showed up, and we had a lot of people show up for ten years straight to yep. watch. Uh, they absolutely love it, and now Patter when it, whenever he and I are out doing stuff, it's rare that we don't get someone that asks us about, oh, are you guys ever going to do pond hockey again?
1: Um, the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> Doug Wilson played when Doug, he, he played he with was us on the church. Wow. Yeah. And, and wow. Dave Mailey. Dave oh, Mailey, yes.
0: that's right, too. Okay, yeah. and, I remember Ed, that. Ed played
1: for you, and oh, wow. I, Ed, Ed was one of the greatest guys. You know, not only a great goalie and great Regina Pat, but he's also in the um, Nate, or in the Army for uh, the Canadian Army, yeah. and he was uh, uh, just a stand-up guy, but he loved coming to the event. He loved he playing, did. and he, he always said, you know, whatever team I'll play on any team doesn't yeah. matter.
0: Yeah, it's funny because when the NHL went to the three on three format, the all star game, I gave you two guys credit. I thought you guys deserved the credit. I, I sang it from the hills. I said, this is a made in Calgary solution. You can point to Perry and Colin. I had no idea. I was just BSing. I was lying at through my teeth. I had no idea that the NHL had come and paid
1: attention. Yeah. I think I think they did for two years. Yeah. When Perry and I told him, said you should do your your all star game like this. Because it, it gets the guys playing. Because we realize, you know, when you're going out and you're just playing in all these different games you're, yeah. you're playing, you're having fun, but you can play competitively and, and, you know, show some skills and do everything, you know, because the, the All-Star game had just become so blase. Yep. And even now, they're, they're starting to get the three-on-three game a little better where we were just full out because we didn't understand, you know, the, some of the nuances of the three-on-three game. We were just going. And it was yeah. great. It was a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, they, they, the, the NHL. I mean, for those players, you know, you see they're not as excited about that All Star game form anymore because they're doing it in overtime. Right. Where it's like, where it's similar to even the later years of pond hockey. Guys were starting to use strategy that was frustrating. Oh. I know, not if it was him, but it was frustrating me because I'm watching one really. Stop using strategy. Can you just go play? <laughs> yeah. But I get it. I mean, yeah, that's what we do, right? That's what athletes do. You try sure. and figure out the 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 system. But the 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 one thing about ours that that uh, I'm glad we we didn't have to ever mess with was again no referees, yeah. and we we didn't need to have rules in there. Um, I like the fact that guys pretty much police themselves with the exception of maybe Tiger or Kenny Linsman a few Well, times. and that's,
0: I'm going there. I, I won't lie to you. I'm going there because I can still see that in my mind's eye. Um, and I believe it was a final or a semifinal game, wasn't it? Boston, oh, yeah. Boston, yeah. and I think Vancouver, or was it Toronto that Williams was playing? Was oh, it Vancouver? it might have been
2: Vancouver, yeah.
0: I think it was Vancouver.
2: Yeah, I think um, you're right.
0: My version of the story is Lindsman was a rat when he played and Linsman was still a rat when he was in the alumni and <laughs> he did, he did, Tiger didn't the like same it. Way. And yeah. I just remember the puck going up the ice and Tiger just took a swing and fortunately hit Kenny in the shoulder. And yeah. it was a vicious swing. That's how I remember. What do you guys remember? Yeah,
2: that's exactly how it, that happened. And, uh, they, we called a penalty on Tiger he didn't like it. He was threatening. I I think Patter might have been on the bench too, but I was on the bench close to, um, close close there. And Tiger was coming to me, and he just he gets so intense, and he he just wants to win. The guy just wants to win, and I you love the passion. I love the passion. He never he didn't hurt Kenny. And it looked like he was going to hurt somebody for the rest of that game. And he, of course he didn't, he didn't, he was disappointed. He was ticked off. And within an hour he was having a beer and signing autographs for people and posing for pictures. Like he does at every event, the guy shows up and he's a true pro for the fans that love him. um, Every time he shows up. So yeah, at times it, 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 actually not at times every final was intense. Mm -hmm. Every final guys played hard and, I'm if you, I think if you if you if you played at any level of sports uh, to the highest levels that's never going to leave you that fire to want to win right. and it it got brought up for a lot of guys who probably hadn't felt that way in a long time
0: which was and it's like choosing your child but which was the best of the tournaments for you what's the one that gives you the I mean you mentioned Sittler playing with Lanny that had to be special the first one's always going to be special but was there one that was you know, maybe the stands out for you, one of the ten?
1: Well, I think probably the last one we did because we brought in all Flames. We had an all Flames, you know, team. We had eight teams of, you know, former Calgary Flames players. And yeah, That was pretty neat. And, you know, just from all the eras, too, you know, we had Willie Platt and – uh you know, uh, Eric Fair Vail, Kenny Houston, you know, and it was really neat to see all those guys. And we had some of the younger guys, but, uh, you know, that was a one year. I mean, Gary Roberts playing in it and then coming back and playing in the NHL and Steve Smith. I forgot the about game. that. That's yeah. right, too,
0: that Gary Roberts yeah. was the first player to play three on three and go back. yes he was
2: and then steve smith followed that up because he played for chicago yeah um daryl sutter daryl played um, yeah he did we had the Sutter team didn't we have the all-sutter
1: team we it was pretty close to it right yeah well it was i I was gonna say it was
0: the lockout year of it would have been it would have been january of oh five and I mean, Craig McTavish was the coach of the Oilers. He played. Yeah. Jimmy Playfair was an assistant with Daryl. Yes. Both of those guys played. Like there was a lot of, you know,
2: I think high we had an all You got and, the you and, got the
0: roster there.
1: I got a I got a few rosters. This one this one's a great one. It's when we had Colorado. We brought the Colorado yes. rock back. Yes. Little did we realize, like nobody was under. 50 (laughs) lanny lanny we had lanny jack Vallaquette, uh renee robert i'll have to look up some of the other guys but i go yeah it's no wonder they didn't win many games back in the day
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was we when we were brainstorming in the summertime or you know at any time because patter and i seemed to talk pond hockey every time we were together um Mm -hmm. We'd come up with, you know, some, let's try this or let's try that. and Now that the, the Colorado Rockies, just because we thought, well, what better thing to do to bring back some of these yeah. players that I don't, I don't know um, if others were the same, but it was the names of a guy like a Jack Valakhead or a name. You go that Whoa. People got so excited about uh, that. You know, back then, we didn't get to see them very often. But don't you think it, it
0: I mean, it, it certainly, there was enough flames and enough love for the local team that I think that brought some people in. But I also, I always thought there was enough of, you know, what I would consider our era that, you know, because we didn't have YouTube and all of those sort of things, you know, I remember Mike Crucial was there, and I thought I'd just stop watching Mike Crucial on TV. Like, you know, it's not the biggest name, but... It resonates, right? And there was yeah. a lot of that. There was.
1: Yeah, I got the, I got the Colorado lineup. Okay, Jack Paquette, Lanny McDonald, Rennie Robert, Rob Ramage, Walt McKechnie, Steve Tambellini, and Ed Stanioski. <laughs> <it's>,
0: so <laughs> Tambellini played. I didn't realize Tambellini had played for them.
1: Yeah. Wow. You know, yeah, yeah. So what was pretty neat was we'd get jerseys made up every year, and then you know keep. Jerseys and and so we we actually had to get Colorado. They had to because they didn't have the replica jerseys back, and they we had this l- this lady who made the jerseys for us. Got an old jersey and made the jersey from that, and they looked fantastic. <laughs> oh wow! All, all the guys in Colorado uh, came up and said, "You know," I said, "You know about the jerseys," and they said, "Patter," um, you know, "We never got one when we played." Can we keep these ones? I said. and that which was, you know, how neat is that? You know, that for is guy, so cool. You know, those guys coming up asking for that, right? <laughs>
0: that is so cool. Yeah. When did you guys realize that this was not going to run in perpetuity? When did you? When after did you start- year one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you went
2: nine more years, Perry. I know, but it was. I think I told you, Rob, when you because you've run so many events yourself, yeah. and I remember the first one you called me after the day after you, you, you did it. And you were like, Oh, you're, you're, you're empty. You're, you're exhausted. Yeah. You're disappointed. And you, and it's like, what are you disappointed? Like I'm listening to you. I said, Rob, I know how you feel because the day after we do an event, it's just, you're just done. Yeah. You've, you put your heart and soul into it. You put everything into it. And it was so, and then right away you're thinking pattern. I'm not doing this again. You know, that's enough. That's enough. And within two days, okay, what about next year? <laughs> You're already thinking that was so much fun after you've rested and had a chance to just kind of sleep on it. So the question um, yeah. is a loaded one because I I, I knew this was not going to go forever. And then I think after year five, um, I think it was Patter who said, you know, we let's try and do 10 and then just put an end you know yep. put an end to it yeah and uh we we i think we both at that point realized that yeah this, this is tough slugging because it's tough slugging every single year um you had to start from not from scratch but you know you had to raise every dollar from starting from one and Southfish fish creek um was built uh, so we saw that come to fruition right um they invited us there for for that they've got a plaque on that south fish creek facility um for three on three pond hockey thanking three on three pond hockey which is really cool and i know you know patter talked about kids sport before it's still in my heart kid sport um and it's all from those years of pond hockey that it it meant so much to i know for to to me and to patter that we could play a big role in helping them get going and get on the ground. And, and then of course, to pass the torch to Jerome. And it's a household name. I, I I wouldn't think many families in Calgary have never heard of great kids sport now. So that that's, yeah. it, it's
1: nice that that's worked out well. Yeah. You know, for me, it was, as Perry said, you know, let's get to 10 years, but there's a couple of things that happen where you go, why are we doing this? And one was, there's something about collecting GST off the ticket sales.
0: Yep. Which,
1: you know, I mean, I'm going, are you kidding me? So we had the government, you know, I had to go meet with the government about it. I'm like, come on, guys. You know, nobody's making any money off this. We're doing this for the right reason and everything. Oh, no, you guys owe, you know, you sold so many tickets, so you owe this. And I'm like, okay. And I all I want to do is walk out of there and say, stuff it. You know we don't want to do it anymore, but we continued on doing it, and then we had one time where we used to throw hockey cards up in the crowd, and unfortunately, some you know, the kid wasn't paying attention, the card hit him on the side of the head, and you know they get a little neck or whatever, and so the parents sued us for eight hundred dollars, and I was like, "Oh my goodness." You know, that's the last thing you want to deal with. (laughs) It's just like little stuff like that, that add up and you go, you know what? 10 years is perfect. Good way to bow out. uh, I forgot about the hockey cards. Oh yeah. It was so great. But the the hockey cards
2: thing, it it brought me, because the NHLPA at the time were putting out those sets of hockey cards. Like they had their own, that was part of their, so we would call, I would, you know, I would call them and say, you know, donate as many as you can and every each time a team would go out each player got two basically glove handfuls of cards with the plastic on them playing cat packs and they would toss them out. So we always had every player who came out for every warm up was throwing stuff in the stands. It was the graves like <laughs> we're throwing out gifts for every time we went out the we went out on the ice. The guys loved it. The guys loved to be Santa Claus when they went on the ice. The kids loved they'd all go home with bags full of stuff. That part I forgot about that. That was that was a lot of fun too.
0: And, and the, the autograph sessions were good, too. And, and what always reminded me of was how much you guys kind of missed being together, because you'd go as a group, the table would be set up, the chairs would be there, you'd sit down. And all due respect to the people coming through, most of the talking was back and forth and guys ribbing each <laughs> other and stuff like that. that. It was just so neat to see that, right? Just kind it of reliving cool. that glory. And, and the
1: lineups that were nonstop. Yeah. yeah. And we had great people running the lines because you really have to, you know, because a lot of there's some collectors out there like to get, you know, six, seven cards signed by a guy. And, you know, if you do that, then the lineup just backs way up and it really creates an issue for just getting a flow through. So we had people that would, you know, hey, no, you're allowed one. You want to get back in line? You can go do that. And it kept the flow moving. And so I would say that. Anybody who came to that rink went home with an autograph of some type. It was, uh, it, you know, that part was really fun and it was really open. And, you know, people, you're able to recognize players from the ice to sitting out and sign autographs because, you know, for the majority of us didn't have helmets on. Yeah. Which is very interesting.
0: Yeah. And just, I know we've mentioned it, worked around it, but just a thought on the venue. I mean, not where you wanted to start, but you ended no. up in the corral. Kind of yeah. appropriate.
1: It was, you know, I mean, if if you're going to do it in any rink, that was the best rink to do it at, and I mean, just so much history to it, and um, I would have loved to be able to have done one outside, you know. Mm-hmm. Think about the outdoor games now, you know. If we could have originally done it outside, it would have just been fantastic. But, and I studied the weather pattern for a hundred years for that weekend. <laughs> I looked at a hundred years If you can imagine yeah, what it's yeah. like, you know, I ordered it from weather Canada or whatever it is and they sent it to me in the mail and I looked at it and, and that weekend, the highest it had ever been in a hundred years was like minus 15. Like the low was minus 15. The high was like plus seven. I was more worried about it being too warm. Yeah. And sure enough, we get to that. And, and Perry mentioned earlier, I remember Wednesday, we were on with Glenn Campbell and David Spence was a weather guy and Glenn yeah. and did a great job. And, yeah. and and David Spence comes by and goes, hey, just by the way, like this is, you know, they went to a commercial break, goes, by the way, it's going to be like minus 46 on uh, Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> and so we came up, on we go, yeah, we're going to move it to the corral. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank God we had that as a side.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it, it, to me, I, again, I, I said it was we opened, and I'll say it again, but it's one of the great Calgary stories, one of the great Calgary events. I miss it dearly. It was so much fun, um, and, and it's okay, cool. Okay, how many games did you and John Short Oh, Well, okay, so, yeah, I forgot about that. And you that. did
2: it for, the, for your website, correct? So
0: back in 2000, I moved to Edmonton and met John. So this would have been, was it, Jan, was it January 2001 or January 2002? I think it was january 2001 okay. so we just started a company called any and we were doing streaming we were the first you know kind of minor sports streaming so people would have dialed up the phone they would have had to take the phone off the hook and dial up and download real player and everything and, and john and i did all the games of that tournament and um it was exciting it was great for me i did the play-by-play john did the color but and for those who don't know john short is a you know a legendary broadcaster up in edmonton and and did sports talk shows and was part of that big oilers run in the 80s so you know great reputation there not so well known here in calgary obviously but he he was a kid in a candy store cuz these were all guys that he interviewed these were all guys he knew this he just thought it was the greatest thing in the whole whole world and i think we got some weird looks because nowadays you would just take a little you know, bit of equipment in and have two microphones and go, we had a whole desktop computer in there. We had the monitor, we had the desktop, the whole nine yards. And and that's how we broadcasted at that time. But yeah, that was my introduction back in 2001. And I, I just, it, I couldn't believe that nobody else had done this. I couldn't believe how incredible it was. Uh, and you called us, right? Yeah. John did. I remember because we yeah. met you, John and I met you at Windsport. And I had yeah. never met you before. And yeah. um, you came over and you knew John. And John was selling you on this new, Perry, it's the future. We're going to be able... <laughs> you don't have to have a radio. You can listen to these games on your computer at home. And, yeah. you know, it just, it, at the time, yeah. felt like cutting edge. and and uh, It was cutting edge.
1: It was, yeah. Yeah.
0: People were listening. People were listening. Like, it was surprising. There was people listening all over the world. Uh, we got so the, the cool. numbers. I mean... Wouldn't be hundreds of thousands, but you know we probably had eight, nine hundred people listening at one time. Um, you I, know,
2: I, now can we still have access to that?
0: No, that stuff. Wouldn't
2: that be something? Oh, else that if would you be, still Could pull that up.
0: That would Whatever. be incredible. Yeah. That would be incredible. And then
2: that's how talking goalie got started, right?
0: I think so, because you and I became friends, and yeah. you would come on the show up in Edmonton, if I remember yeah. correctly, and yeah. then I moved to Calgary. And all I remember is one of you, I think it was you, Perry, called me. I had met Colin, but it was you, Perry, that called me and said, hey, we're going to do a media game down at Olympic Plaza. We want want you to play goal, but do you mind doing the play-by-play? And I I was confused. Do you want me to play goal and then do the play-by-play? Do you want me to do the play-by-play and then play goal? I didn't understand it. And we had some sort of speaker system set up down there. Yeah, I think it was a mic. I think originally you guys gave me a stick mic and said, <laughs> do it that yeah. way. And all I remember is um, I had, I remember doing it. I remember my family thought this is Rob's NHL moment, so we better go and support him. Um, there was a couple hundred people, 50 people. I don't know who was there. But I remember I thought I'd be really cute. And as the game started, it was the media versus the Flames alumni. And I pulled out a yellow Oilers practice jersey I had in my goalie bag. And I put that on, and Joel Otto rolled me. Oh, God, did he smoke me? <laughs> Came through the crease and knocked me down. And yeah, and then it, it kind of started there. And then I guess we're down that path. So you invited me to come and be the backup goalie at that tournament, at that one, that three on three.
2: Right. Right. And
0: I, I can't – I don't think we were doing – we weren't doing the radio. Pete did the play-by-play during the lockout. So this would yeah, have yes. been January 04, that, the first time yeah. I came and backed up. I didn't know you two were setting me up. Because, Eddie Neal. No, was it wasn't. It, it was Wamsley because <laughs> it two years oh. in a row that Wammer got hurt and I had to go in for him. Right. Right? right? No. You, play, you played for the Flames, right? I played for the Flames. Yeah. I will never – Ever forget the look on Al Coates' face because he had come onto the bench, and he heard the play-by-play, and he saw me, and I was terrible. Speaking of Mike Krusilnisky, <laughs> and we were down by a goal, and all of a sudden Coatesy clued in what was going on, like he didn't know, and and he had no idea, and and we ended up losing that game. But I I was incredible, and then the next year. If you remember, Pete was doing the play by play, and then I ended up playing. I played two games, and I did those both on 960. They broadcasted the the talking on 960. Two things I'll never forget. A bunch of things I'll never forget. One, who is Brian Sutter playing for? Would he have been. Would Brian have. Would he. he he St. St. Louis. No, no. He was. Oh, yeah. He was
2: St. Louis. He was St. St. Louis. St. Louis?
0: Yep. Yep. So Puck comes in. It's underneath me, and Sutter's standing over me, spearing me as hard as I've ever been hit in my life, <laughs> trying to get that puck loose. Like, everything you heard about the Sutter's came true right there. Yeah, We won that game. And then I remember playing Lanny's team, and I can't remember which version of Lanny that was. It might have been Toronto or it might have been Calgary. And he took a shot from what felt like the other end of the ice, and he hit me right on the knee, right through the pad and i still feel it right now <laughs> right here i can feel it right now but i'll tell you it was the coolest thing it was the neatest thing none of that stuff ever happens without you two guys that was incredible but I'll, I'll never forget what i've took away the most and i guess why it resonates about how much you guys said that if you played one game you're cool you're here Like i've never been treated like that before come into the dressing room and there's stuff laid out for you and there's somebody in the room and and i go go out and you know, I remember playing with Neil Sheehy was on that team, uh, wow. Stu Grimson. There was guys that I had, hadn't met yet. They didn't care. I was no. part of that team. And and the thing that I'll always remember is coming off after the first game and we won, and I couldn't believe we won. And <laughs> I think it was Ott said to me, you ready? And I said, ready for what? He says, we're going to sign autographs. I said, I'm not going. He says, you're part of the team. You're coming. I went. <laughs> there was a table there. And the you mentioned it earlier, Colin, the I guess, the pros, if you want to call them, with their binders. And I think, like, German Titov was on one side, and I think Sheehy was on the other side. So they'd come, they'd go through their binder, they'd find Titov, they'd get him to sign it, they'd come to me, and and they couldn't find me. I was nowhere in their binders. (laughs) And they had no way of telling me, I don't have your card. They had no way. So they just just looked away and moved on it was it was so awkward and fun but yeah i'll never um, i can never thank you guys enough because that that changed my life and and that was probably the neatest thing that i would ever done and i think mm-hmm. it gave me a little street cred i think you know to do something that nobody else had done it was it was yeah, really you were cool. the first yeah it was really well the first um who was it uh you had an atlanta goalie in and he was uh, one of the early flames goalies uh terrible no <laughs> Bouchard. Yeah. Yeah, Bouchard, yeah, and he would argue with me. He said that he was. He always said he was the first talking goalie. Uh, he probably was the first to go on the moon too. <laughs> <laughs> but there's lots. Of, like it was just. It was so cool, right? Like yeah. there's nothing yeah. like it. There's I don't think there's anything but, There's great events. We all do great events. So I think there's great charity yeah. events, but that one was just so special.
2: It was fun. Thanks for uh thanks for walking down
0: that uh that
2: uh that yeah. memory lane because uh you know, Pat and I hadn't talked about those details in a long time. So that was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. All right, um, before I let you go, we have a little bit of a tradition here on this uh, podcast, the original Six Feet Conversation podcast. So from both of you, and Colin, I'll start with you. I don't put any parameters on it because we're Calgary podcast telling Calgary sports stories. Give me your hidden Calgary gem. Give me Colin Patterson's hidden Calgary gem.
1: A story or? No,
0: just not a story. But a sports pl- in Calgary place. I don't want to put too many parameters on it. I want to hear what oh, you guys come yeah. up with. But you know, for- I think
1: you know what for me, Rob, the the hidden gem in Calgary are these man made lakes. Okay. That in the winter when they freeze over and they Zambonia path around, you can skate around, and they have rinks on them that they they tend. That to me was a gem in Calgary. I remember when I first came to the Flames. Everybody lived up in Edgemont. And I remember when I decided to, I bought a little condo downtown and then I had an opportunity to come down and see this place in mindapore And I go, it's so far out. And everybody's going, oh, it's too far out. I remember looking at this condo and it was right uh, – the, the complex was on the lake. The condo I was looking at wasn't quite on it. But I saw these people moving around the lake. I go, what's going on? And I goes, you know, it was actually Brian Carlin, Rabbit, who was uh, – my real estate agent, he goes, he was in pond hockey too. Yeah. And he goes, that's the lake. That's where they skate. So I went down and looked at it and I go, it just brought me back to my childhood of playing out, you know, on our rink out in the backyard. And I go to me, that's a, that's a real hidden gem in Calgary. And, and you know what, all the outdoor rinks that are available to people that can, you can just go out and play. Cause I always hear about people saying ice time's expensive and it is, but there's other ways to get ice and other ways to get out and play. And, you you really hone your game and you learn a lot uh, about hockey by going out and playing just on the open ice and and just having fun.
0: Perry, you're hitting Calgary, Jim. Fish Creek. Um, I, I live this, That's here. the second time Fish Creek has come up.
2: Yeah, I, I live here in Mackenzie. And you know it's it's right out my front door, and I'm on the pathway system. And our pathway system down in Fish Creek here in Calgary, it, it, there's nothing better to be able to, to be able to be on that uh, on that river within seconds. To be able to do, you, you want to jog, you jog it, walk it, snowshoe it, <laughs> um, ride your bike bike through it. I've rollerbladed through it. It is just the greatest. I can go six different directions from from uh, c- close to my house and, and be in all kinds of different places in a short period of time, and it feels like you're in some of the most beautiful place in the world. It's, it's by far the, the greatest.
0: Well, you two are the greatest. Uh, Colin, Perry, thank you so much. Right from the get-go, this was a story I wanted to tell. Um, I think, as I said, I, I can't say enough about it. I, I always thought it was the... You know, I, I've said that this city at one time was really lucky. It had Cassie Campbell Street Hockey Festival, which I thought was really cool. Uh, Henry Burris's All-Star Weekend, which was really cool. But I always thought SO3 on 3 was, you know, right there, if not the coolest. Um, and I'm glad. It makes me happy to hear that you guys still hear from people and they still talk about it. Because it, it should have that kind of legacy. So thank you guys for doing this today. Appreciate
1: awesome. it, Rob. Thanks for having us.
0: Bear and Patter brought it. I loved it. Uh, one of my favorite Calgary events up there with Cassie Campbell Street Hockey Festival and Henry Burris' All-Star Weekend. Uh, things that uh, I just thought were great uh, events in Calgary and, and spawned a lot of good ideas and, and inspired other people to do events. So I uh, really appreciate the time that Colin and, and Perry can spend with us. I hope you enjoyed two guests. It's a little much, right? Like I, I don't know. I rather enjoyed it. I could listen to those guys tell stories all frickin' day long. Thanks to those two. Thanks to other guests. Uh, Al Coates we've had on recently. Jesse Lumsden we've had recently. Uh, um, Who else have we had? Uh, I'm trying to remember. Oh, boy, we've had so many. Mary Moran, Peter Labardius. Uh, Go back. Take a look. They're all there. They're all waiting for you. Check them out. Uh, This has been another edition of the original Six Feet Conversation podcast at Sport Calgary.